Welcome to the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast. I'm Jacob Dahlin, your host. Uh, today we have N- NCAA uh, Nebraska commit uh, and BCHL player Marcus Bruberg. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. This episode is brought to you by Scandlux, your home for Scandinavian luxury products for the U.S. market. You can find us at scandlux.com. So we're going to have to test your, uh, we're not going to speak uh, Canadian here. <laughs> not that there is a Canadian, but you're on the other side now in British Columbia. Tell us where you are. I'm in uh, Salmon Arm. It's like uh, the left side of the Rocky Mountains, British Columbia. Yep. Middle of, just middle in the forest, pretty much. Yeah. So for those who, a lot of people in Sweden uh, this is one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to talk to you. And, you know, I found you because of doing a little bit of, we're doing a series here of players that played in the NOL in the North American hockey league or, or, or uh, us juniors. But then just like uh Gabba Vestling that we had on now playing in BCHL. So really want to d- dive into to BCHL. And for those who don't know what BCHL is all about, but kind of unique, Part about your history is that probably the only Swede anyway that's played in the USHL, BCH, well now BCHL, and also the North American Hockey League. So uh, we joked a little bit off offline here about if if there's anyone that should know the differences between the leagues, it, should, it will be you. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see about that. It's it's hard yeah. to put words words to it, but we'll I'll do my best yeah. to describe it. So, um, but let's let's back the back the tape a little bit. Uh, grew up, I guess, in Örebro. Is that right, or outside of Örebro? Yeah, grew up in Örebro. Yep. And I know, of course, you've got a little bit of a famous brother, a couple of years older, uh, that plays for Edmonton now, right? Yeah. What's that like to follow? Is there more than the two of you, or talk about your family a little bit? No, it's just uh, me and my brother Philip and uh, mom and dad. Yep. So is your, we're just. Is your dad a hockey guy or or? I mean, he uh, he played hockey when he when he grew up, but never like on a professional level. More like for fun. Yeah. For for a fun hobby. Yeah. And my for... mother, she plays soccer. Okay, so athletic background both. Yeah, you can say so. Also, more I, I would more say like a, an interest in hockey more than like a athletic background. But yeah, and for those who don't know where, for the U.S. Uh, audience or Canadian audience, Örebro, explain where Örebro is. Oh, I'm bad at geographic, but I would say like uh, two hours west south of Stockholm. Yeah. So I I think of Örebro as almost like almost it's not really truth, but it I think consider Örebro the center of Sweden, even though it's more south than if you look at Sweden as yeah. very north south tall country. But when you know, uh, and if you travel from Gothenburg, the second largest city in the world in, in the world in Sweden, to Stockholm, you go through Örebro, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I really don't have much experience. Uh, I left when I was 18, so I can't say that I've, I, I, I know much about Örebro. Uh, but but anyway, but interestingly, so so of course you played, we, we just finished the TV Puck uh, uh, qualifying rounds last weekend, and you played for Örebro there. But then you didn't stay there for, uh, for Hockey Gymnasium. No. Yeah, we... Uh... We thought it would be a better decision to go to Stockholm to AIK. To yeah. uh, I mean, they have a great great setup with the, their junior pro program and uh, like just the online stuff. They offer a lot of ice time. We felt like and uh, of course my brother moved there a year before me, and he lived by himself. And we thought uh, it would be great if we as a family could live together one last year before uh, I mean. He was going to head off to wherever he was going. And who knew where my career was going to go. So yeah. we, we just thought it would be a great move. And it also just worked out with my parents' jobs. So, 
But were they were they still living at home in Örebro, or did they move to Stockholm as well? No, they moved uh, as well. The whole okay. family moved together, so we could live together one last year. Because I think that that's a little bit of a what I've heard. Um, you know, lots and lots of hockey options in Stockholm with great teams uh, and great, um, especially juniors. But one of the problems that they have is housing. Uh, if if someone from the outside is coming in, yeah. So, but uh, but if I'm looking up your your um, uh, elite prospects there, so you played. Uh, so you must have moved there when you were. Was that first year you sixteen or when you were fifteen then or was that the second? Yeah, year? my so my uh, supposed to be U sixteen season. Yeah, the year before going into gymnasium. Okay. Yep, and then Philip was already. Was he still? So he was still there in hockey gymnasium in AIK then. Yeah, he yep. moved there. His, uh, I don't know exactly exactly know when, but the year before me. I don't know yeah. what like what timeline that is for him. So what was the in AIK? What's the rink that that they play in? It's a Retorp. Okay. It's in it's in Solna. Yeah. It's is, like, that, uh, is that one of the ones that are, is the old rink, or is that one of the newer ones there? Their uh, facility is in the new newer ones, but they also have like the youth programs. AIK is in the older rink. Okay. So they kind of go in between all those rinks, just like where the, where they can find ice times and stuff. Yeah. It's a it's a very it's a very packed rink actually. Like there's a there's like a Solna AIK. It's a new organization that's also taking up ice time there and a lot of figure skating as well. So okay, great. Yeah, and it's a so so did did you think about that too? Because so at that time was because they've been they've not been in the SHL for for a while. But I think that that's kind of an advantage for juniors when they're playing in Allsvenskan and you're coming in. They still have a great facilities, great culture, great staff, and and the ability to go into juniors and then play yourself up and the jump to this SHL, you know, I'm from Lexon and it's hard to get into hockey gymnasium, play J18, J20 and SHL. Not very, not very many people, frankly, do that. I mean, it's maybe two or three from, from each team, you know, each birth year that have the opportunity to jump up so did yeah, you think definitely. about that i mean was that the plan from the is that this just kind of i want to make it into the shl or were you already thinking north america back then no back then it was definitely just trying to take every, one step at a time and make it to the aik pro team of course but yeah. i mean i just think uh, it's very good good for a young player to go to Allsvenska team because then, uh, as you said, it's not as big of a step, and uh, also it's it's important that the like the facilities are good and that the program is good. Like more about the training, I would say is is what came down. Uh, like when I decided, it was more about like the program, making sure the the like you get the best progress in your development. And stuff. Yep. Yep. So um, how? Because you know I've heard stories about your brother that he's a physical you know he worked out a lot uh off ice yeah how is was that kind of how did they put a lot of emphasis on that in, at aik or is that just something that you guys i i'm i'm assuming that you kind of follow that mentality uh yeah it's definitely engraved in our like in our family i would say in the in the household yeah it's, it's kind of our culture at home like uh we we like to be we like to see ourselves as the ones that work the hardest never leave anything like two chance yeah and make sure that you always give your all and like never never yeah there's like there's no no not another option yeah yeah how, how was that in hockey gymnasium because i mean f from a moving there 15 16 and then going in how much emphasis did you did you put on um, on off ice development and 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 you know versus just skill 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 on the ice. Yeah, definitely a lot because uh, I did, I know how hard my brother works and like uh, 
like we always work out together and stuff so we definitely we push each other yeah all right so and then you get to aik one of the top programs uh in juniors both 18s and, and j20 tough competition you look, pull up the the the, the um the roster there, both from the, the 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 first year J20 and second year J20 and draft picks in the NHL and tough competition. So had a little bit of a setback there, right? I'm I'm reading reading between the lines here because you're moving over to Malmo your last year. Uh, yeah. How was that? I mean, uh, yeah, definitely a tough competition. That that's what you want to see. You want yes. to compete every day, every practice, because otherwise it's hard to improve. Yeah. But definitely had a setback. Didn't really go as planned that year. Started off good, but kind of fell, fell back a bit. But so I felt uh, a move would be the right play at that time. So, and Malmö was a great fit. Talked to the coaches and everything and heard uh, good words about the program and facilities. So. Well, yeah, and looking back at it, also, I'm definitely happy I made that decision. Yeah, talk talk about that move in terms of the ability to then we talked a little bit offline and the ability to move fresh start, and you get right in and get to practice with the with the men's team. And what does that do to your development, and your confidence as a defenseman? Yeah, it definitely definitely made me like take steps. Because I had to, of course, like, uh, you always get, uh, like, you react to your environment. And if everyone's faster, stronger, and moves uh, the puck quicker, you're also going to adapt. So uh, definitely made me realize that there's a lot more steps to my game that I can take. And just, like, some easy stuff. So just uh, to just realize that the game is quicker and it's supposed to be played quicker. And that definitely made me take steps in my development. So, and uh, before I, I move on to in, in gymnasium, so had, but he, when you moved, and that was probably the year after COVID, right? Is that right? Mm. Or two years after? Yeah, yeah, the year how, after COVID. How was, how was school then? I mean, because you were moving in the middle of the school year, I'm assuming. Yeah. Was that your last year of gymnasium? Yeah. So how did that, were you able to transfer programs without a problem? Yeah, I had to, I mean, because every like course in gymnasium has a different timeline of what what time they do different courses throughout that program. So I had to like switch between different classes Yeah, and just go to different uh, like programs all the time. So yeah. It definitely I don't I don't think it was a that big of a hassle, but definitely it was like it was a bit annoying. But yeah. I mean I for me it was like um, at that time, like in the beginning of the last year of gymnasium, I was more focused about just hockey. Did I have to really pay that much attention to school yeah. throughout the years, but definitely realized because like it was at that time when I moved to Malmo that I was like, Okay, so next year we're trying to go to USHL. So, and then to get that college commitment. So we were like, okay, I have to step the grades up here. So I'm, I'm curious about that too. So when you first went into gymnasium, you know, a lot of, a lot of players, hockey players choose the easy route and, and go more of a vocational route and say, I'm going to do construction or whatever. What, and you went into kind of the social sciences. What was that because you were already knew, hey, if I want to go play college, or how is that? I mean, it's hard to do as a 15, 16 year old. You're not thinking about that as much, right? Yeah. So it's actually a fun story because in the Solna gymnasium, it's a very high like uh, acceptance rate for the social science uh, program. I don't know like if you know about Merit Merit Point. So uh, I'm not because I didn't get any. So it's 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 um how how would you translate that? But it's it's almost like credits 
college it's, it's like in a way right yeah yeah kind of it's like if you ever see you get you have like 250 points or something yeah i think the acceptance rate for social science was like 285 or something and i had like 255 so i i had to go to uh barn of free tea. I don't know what that is in English. Okay, but, so you okay, so so it's but, more the the child uh, uh, child care program. Yeah, exactly. But so I had to uh, go into that, unfortunately. But uh, then we talked to the school and like uh, we told them like because I think it was my mom that pushed for it and was like, "Yeah, you're not gonna go with that type of program." <laughs> you <laughs> like because so, so, if, if you wanted, so they've always like thought about. Uh, I mean, school is important. Like, it's not that hard to just be there in class and just listen and get a good grade. Yeah. Or an, an average grade, uh, at least. And the joke, I mean, when we were, of course, this was over 30 years ago for me or more. Uh, yeah, 30, 35 years ago. But it was, the joke was, you know, if you wanted a cakewalk academically, the the guys went into construction and the and if you want a cakewalk if you're a female you go born in free teed which is children and whatever however you may yeah. be translated into so that's interesting that your mom was like no 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 you're not going to get a cakewalk uh, you could do better yeah yeah but that yes, was I only know. let's be frank then that was only because you had the competition was really tough at that school if you would have went to another gymnasium somewhere you may have gotten into social sciences right away yeah I, yeah i probably would have gotten into it straight away yeah. i don't know sona gymnasium have very high grades acceptance for some reason but yeah so uh but then we i i was able to switch to yeah. social studies instead so that I was very very fortunate that that and was I, and I mean that's that the case. Yeah, that's an important part though. I mean, if you if you wouldn't have done that, you wouldn't have been as attractive or as it would it would have you would have to study more, uh, more classes in in preparation to go to college. Yeah, definitely. So what about so when okay after the year? So when did you start thinking about? Um, U.S. juniors. I know you have an advisor. You worked with Randy uh, for a while, and your brother Philip has too. So did did that help? Of course, he went a different route because he was a first round draft pick. But so did he? Even he never went to juniors in the in the U.S. Right? No, because no. he he played SHL and then he went over and played AHL. Is what I what I remember looking at. So when did you start thinking about U.S. juniors? I would say, like, the first time I heard about it was, like, before the last gymnasium year. Okay. So like, the year where I moved to Malmo. Okay. First J20 year. So, that's what? when I heard about it the first time, like, before the season. I think it was, like, one of, like, the advisors, maybe, like, because I, I, I didn't really see myself being able to get a pro contract after J20, or at least not being certain of getting it. Yes. And it's also like you always see the young defensemen getting into the troop, getting a contract. They never get the ice time. And they always just go up and down in the lineup and kind of just get stuck in that one place. But because we always felt like college is the best, it's definitely the best route for an offensive defenseman. Why, why is that for you? Or why do you say that? Especially for me being very late developed. I feel like it gives me extra time to focus on my physical strength and being able to develop my own, like, uh, craft my own game there. And it gives me more time to just focus on developing, compete but compete against the best, and also getting used to, like, the... Because I, I want to play in North America, like, of course. So yep. you got to get used to that ring size also. Yep. But it's, I a, mean it's a different type of play. Over the alternative the alternative is to play hockeyetta. Yeah. Or Alsvenskan maybe, but even Alsvenskan is a huge jump um from J20. Yeah, exactly. And and no so so and and that's part of what I I mean, I think I've been pretty transparent with my thoughts on I think that there's a 
huge opportunity to do exactly what you're doing for other Swedes that really could do it if they knew more about it. And there's a huge interest from, from the junior leagues in the U S and, and, and now Canada, which we'll talk about later um, for Swedish players. But, and frankly, the, the, the biggest reason I started the podcast was they don't have a clue about anything about Swedish juniors. They don't know the different leagues. They don't, they don't know if they're going to, if they're interested in coming, they don't know how it translates uh, of plan the leagues are so different the style of play is so different but they know there's a lot of skilled players so so how did it work you ended up with did you start with waterloo or omaha omaha and then waterloo and then waterloo so yeah within the same year it's interesting to hear kind of your story about you know it's a business too right were you were you drafted or were you tendered or did you come over for camp with omaha I was drafted to Omaha. So you were all Omaha. And, and a little bit of difference when you're drafted in the USHL compared to the Null, you could be drafted by the in the North American Hockey League and still have to fight it out at, at camp. If you're drafted in the USHL, you're guaranteed to be on, on the roster, right? No. No? I thought that that's how it was uh, in, in the USHL. Or did you still have to go to main camp and, and fight it out? Uh, I uh, yeah, I had to go to the main camp, but and then uh, he just told me that I didn't have to come to forty man camp. I could just show up for the training camp. Yeah, I see. And uh, at that point, I knew that I had a spot. But yeah. uh, no, but that's not actually true either, because all the cuts weren't made when we came to training camp either. It was like uh, four guys more that had to go. So it's like it's very. It's the same right now in the team I'm playing now. Like we're, I think we're thirty guys or something right now. We got to get down to like twenty five or something. Yeah. And uh, so, did you know that we're done with this? Well, did you did you know that ahead of time? So when you went to training camp and you're seeing like, wow, there's twelve D here or ten D. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I knew that. So, so. It's very different from Swedish hockey. You got to fight for the spot here. It's uh, it's one for, like uh, everyone's got to fight for their own playing time. Yeah, which isn't very Swedish. I mean, everybody has a spot in Sweden. We're gonna everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets playing time and and so on and so forth. Uh, what's your? I mean, does that kind of inspire you with this system that you're gonna fight for it? And it's you know a little bit of an attitude of. This is my spot. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an attitude to adapt to. Yeah, I would say that my like last year, I definitely was a bit shocked. Like I was like, "Oh, this is how it's run here. You have to kind of just take the. You gotta be more like take uh, take the space a bit more, and like yeah. kind of show that you are you have to be the man. But like in Sweden, it's more like uh, I feel like it's more. Uh, everyone is in the team like you you know you're a part of the team you know you're gonna play if you're like if you just do decent yeah here's very here's like oh if you don't have a good practice you might not play like they'll they'll tell you that before the practice <laughs> and you'll have the biggest anxiety anxiety ever before the practice yeah uh so uh what was it like then to 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 get there because you i'm assuming you had a billet family then in omaha yeah what what was that like because you've you've no you're used to living by yourself or uh living at home yeah and then you come over there and now you're gonna have to how many people were in your billet house how many players if, just me and another guy okay so we were two and then they had uh, three kids okay what was that like i mean was that a you know i've heard lots of different stories you know not everybody has a good experience with their billets I mean, it's it's so up to like what belts you end up with. Yeah. Like I would I would say the one the belt I'm in right now is awesome. Like uh, so I, I have no problems. It's great. I'm super happy. But then like you could end up with some other belts like that just doesn't make good food. They don't really like take the time. They'll 
I mean, I've heard some bad stories. There, there's plenty of bad stories of like the food they get served and like just uh, some guys have to like share a room, and like you, you have no privacy with some gods. Yeah, it's you. You gotta be lucky, and or you gotta be like you gotta make sure when you get here that uh, you get a good build. Like you talk to coaches or you have someone talking for you. Yeah. So you you were there with another Swede, uh, Max. Was he in the same billet house or was he somewhere else? He was somewhere else. Okay. So you had an America. So, you know, I've talked to some other guys that were like, oh yeah, it worked really good because I had another Swede there and it was, you know, we're going through at the same time. You're coming in, you're being the outside guy uh, and, and so on. Um, but how was it then in the beginning? I mean, you, you get there in the locker room and you're looking to your right and you're looking to the left and you're like, you know, these are the my teammates, but it's also my competition. I mean, but that's like how it always is though. So yeah. that's not that's not really different, but it's just like, it's more obvious though. It's definitely like uh, everyone knows that you're fighting for a spot and like people like might call people out and stuff it's more yeah. uh it's, it's just very different the attitude and mentality and i'm also looking at so that year uh was a mixture of um oh twos and oh three so there were so you're not the youngest you're not the oldest of course when you compare null and the, and and the ushl much younger league in the ushl than it is in the null yeah so you were one of the older guys with being an 03, um, if you're looking around the room, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, all right, obligatory question. How was the difference? What was the first impression when you got there in training camp versus J20 National? But also you practice with the men in the SHL with Malmö. Yeah. Uh, what was your, I mean, you, you always hear about the USHL being extremely skilled, but it is smaller rank. So compare, give us the, your, your analysis of it or opinion. Uh, I, first I gotta say, I'm very lucky that I had that many men's team prices with Malma because that definitely helped me with the tempo change. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, USHL is a lot faster than J20. It's a, it's a much better league. Like it's very hard to compare. Yeah, I mean it is. It is arguably the best. I mean, you could talk about WHL, Q, and and OHL in Canada as, you know, which one's the best. But USHL is <laughs> very very good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean USHL is up on that level with those leagues. The only difference is that those leagues have just some like a bit more superstars yeah but other than that like they're pretty much similar but i mean it's not like ushl is lacking superstars there's plenty of superstars in the ushl too yeah for sure but you yeah. you you probably won't see a bedard or someone like that in ushl they'll, they'll already be in college yeah if you know what i mean so yeah but but it's yeah. interesting it, i you know, for some reason on social media, you know, if I'm looking at the different teams and before every game, uh, they post the roster of this, this is the game. And every USHL team, I, w I, I mean, I don't know. They're all college, NCAA college commits. It's full. Yeah. I mean, it's very rare that you see a roster that isn't 90% already NCAA D1 commits. Yeah, that was that's definitely the biggest difference, I would say. Like between Null and the USHL. Yeah. Like in Null, you'll probably see like five guys committed or something. Yep. Some teams less, some teams seven, eight, yeah. maybe. That's like the maximum. You'll see like eight, nine. But for example, uh like where I'm playing right now, BCHL, the team I'm in right now, I think we have like eighteen commits. Yeah. So uh, that like this, I would say BCHL is a very good lead too. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second because I think that's going to be interesting. So, but but you played USHL and then you got did you get traded or how did how did you end up in um, 
Where did you go? You were in Omaha and then you went to what was the second team? Waterloo. Yeah. Where's where where is Waterloo? So Omaha, Midwestern state, very different yeah. country than Stockholm. <laughs> but then you ended up in Waterloo. Is that on the East Coast? That no, it's uh two hours east, pretty much. Three, okay. four hours east of Omaha. Okay. So you got traded there, right? No. Uh so we were too many imports. Oh. You can only have uh, I think it's four or five imports in a team in USHL. So uh we we got to we were too many imports, so and then they the coach thought uh, he didn't want me on the team, so then I had yeah. to go. And then I then Warloop picked me up from the yeah free market or what do you call it yeah so you got released and then they picked you up in in waterloo yeah and, and then you played there 15 games and then you ended up in the null so how was that i mean the business so you got a firsthand experience of this is tough yeah and then great you exper- great experience though like i mean you learn so yeah. much from that Yes, that's what I was going to say is like, I, I, I hope that you knew that like how tough USHL is. And when you look at how few Swedes that are really playing in the USHL, it's it's not it's not a cakewalk. Um, no. So how did you end up in Springfield in the Nall? Was that kind of the same thing? You got released there in, in, that, in Waterloo? Yeah, they uh, like we were. We had a good, great team in Waterloo, and uh, like uh, then they got an offer to pick up uh, another import. Yep. That was like le- that was leading the totals, like uh, goal scoring in the whole league. So then, then I got released again. So and then uh, we thought, then I went to the Null to finish the year to get a lot more playing time. Yeah. So how was that in terms of what's the difference would you say between USHL and the North American Hockey League? Play this this style of play. Uh I would say it's a lot faster in USHL. Everyone's better skaters and uh the puck moves quicker. I mean the passes is better. I would like I would say uh, USHL is just a lot better league. Yeah. And but it's and it's younger, younger, more skilled, North American Hockey League, older, perhaps more physical. Or is that how would you describe the physicality aspect of it? Maybe a bit more physical, but I definitely wouldn't exaggerate it and say that it's a lot more physical. Definitely right. depends though. I was I was in the Midwest, I think it's called division. The South Division is apparently a lot more physical. Yeah. So I, I I only know from the Midwest experience, and I would say it's definitely not that much more physical than USHL. Yeah. Because it's especially like in USHL, everyone's faster, so it, you're gonna get hit more. Like people will be on you quicker when you retrieve the puck. So then you maybe get hit more compared to when I was playing in an all, and you have that extra second, so then you can just move out of the way and not get hit. So it's probably a different experience for for everyone. I don't know, but for me, no, it wasn't that that much tough, like that tough that I heard it was going to be. Yeah. So how was the experience then moving from? So you went from Omaha to Waterloo to Springfield, different cities, different billet parents or families, and yeah. so you got that experience behind you in in your in your inexperience column to be able to say. Come to a new place, new city, be welcomed by someone, and you don't know if you're going to stay there for a long time or not. And then, yeah, and then you have to say goodbye, and then you go to a new place, different, and hello, and new rink, and new coaches, new new team, and which is part of the. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. But now, all of a sudden, within one year, you've gotten a lot of reps within that experience as well. Yeah, I, I stayed with four different builds last year. Yeah. So definitely, definitely got the experience of some good builds and some maybe 
lacking lacking not that good I yeah mean, so but you know it's temporary so you're kind of like all right it's not perfect but it's not as good as this place or you compare and contrast but know that i'm here to play hockey and you know yeah it's definitely like you're kind of on your toes it's hard to get that settled in a belt when you when you get that experience so yeah. you definitely gotta try to try to feel at home but yeah, it's hard. I mean, you can't, you can't, you shouldn't be in the mindset that you think that, oh, I'm just gonna get traded or dropped soon, so I shouldn't feel at home here. You, you gotta try to make yourself at home and try to make the best out of the time, even though you might feel that way. So, like for me right now, I'm here with a new build, new team. Like I'm not gonna be thinking that, oh, I'll, I'll pack my bags too. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's you gotta like just. I'm just trying to get settled, feel at home, like make the most out of it every day after ranking at home. Yeah. And isn't that an important part too of the experience of growing as a person and building those relationships and, and yeah, it takes effort to do that, but it's worthwhile to kind of, um, to do for the long haul. Yeah. To, to build those relationships. All right. So, uh, so, so then, so the your first year in North America, all US, two different levels of juniors, three different teams, four billets, and then at the end of that season, so Springfield, did they go to the they went to the playoffs, right? No? no. I thought that they did. I was trying to keep up with that back last season and you know, cutthroat, but so you went home and did you know where you were gonna end up this year already? No. So Not at all. Talk, talk about that for a second. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a good feeling to like go home and be like, oh, I wonder where I'm going next year. So definitely just got to work, work on my game, craft it. And then just uh, t- talked with uh, advisors and uh, tried to find what's my next move, either if it's going back to null or trying UCHL or going then uh, I mean, for some reason, BCHL opened up. They just opened the, the so the imports can also come to this league. Yeah, that which just was opened, new. opened a whole new world. Yeah, which was new to last year, right? Or or I mean, yeah. new last year to this year. Exactly. So and uh, and, uh, and explain I, what, I, what was new about it because in the in the past, not a lot of people know that the Canadian tier tier two leagues or junior a well we're going to talk some other episode about the difference between tier tier one tier two tier three but you know when you're looking at the provinces bchl being on the west coast of canada and then you move over to ajhl and and all of those um you can't go so if you were wanted to be as an import playing in the ajhl for brooks bandits you can't uh right but BCHL broke free from Hockey Canada and that and and wanted to be independent and then opened up for imports. But there's still import restrictions. Right? Yeah. How many imports uh, can you have on your on BCHL? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I think it's two. Okay. So it's I not ju- I think they no, I think they just opened up with two or something. Okay. I'm unsure. But so when did you know that you were going to training camp there? I mean, I think it was like, uh, like I think May or June, something oh, like that. I was like, because uh, they open. I don't know exactly the date when they opened up, but I know that my advisors immediately knew that was the move for me. Yeah, because it's a it's a faster game than in the null. And uh, more skilled also. So, uh, w- would you compare it to USHL? I would, uh, like for example, this like the team I'm in is very stacked. We're we're good. So uh, our prices, I would definitely compare it to more the USHL than all. Yeah. Then I know some other teams in the BCHL aren't that stacked. Like they, they only might maybe. I'm not saying that the commits make up if a team is good or not, but like 
it can give you a perspective of like uh, what type of prospects they have and stuff. So, yeah. but like some teams only have like five uh, commits, and for example, this team has like eighteen. So it's <laughs> a, it's it's very it's very different team to team. And what I'm when you're saying commits, that's NCAA D one yeah. commits in the U.S. Not not U sports. Can't Canadian college? We're talking NCAA commits. Yeah, D one. Yeah. So there's, I'm counting here. There's 17 teams in the BCHL, uh, uh, and Salmon Arm is is one of them. Um, I'm gonna click on that. On it's so good with elite prospects, but uh, uh, and yeah, you're the only Swede. I see some. Americans in there so they must have a different um they must have a different they count Americans different than than European imports yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how this develops because you know um if it's going to go up or flat or go down in terms of number of of d1 commits but um uh, certainly going to be be interesting no it's it's definitely going to go up considering they open up the the borders for the yeah. but you got and what's the eligibility because i think you could be you could have o2s on the roster in canada right no no you're the, the oldest uh, yeah i'm the oldest okay. this year okay i it's so the canadian system is so different different leagues and different one have different age requirements and and um i wasn't quite sure of that but you so I'm looking at the roster. You got an 07 on your roster too. That's four years younger than you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty something. Yeah, I but, mean, uh, he's a he's a great player. I mean, yeah. uh, there's they're very skilled. I mean, some guys are very skilled. You have to yeah. say. All right, uh, so let's let's go back a little bit. Let's talk last about the NCAA because you have committed to Nebraska, right? Yeah. And how did that come about? Because you mentioned that that was already you committed while you, after J twenty in Sweden. Yeah. So after my first year in J twenty, yeah. I committed uh, after my time in Malmo. When that season ended, that's when I committed to Nebraska Omaha. So how does that go? How does that go for you know? So so who scouted you and or was this a how did that come about that you got an offer that early? Because you still uh, have two more years of of U.S. Canadian junior uh, eligibility. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it was the advisors talking to them, and uh, they watched plenty of video and everything. And I had and I had a couple meetings with them, talked to them. Everything it just felt like a great fit for me. Yeah, it felt like a great college, and I mean, for me, it was a no brainer to want to go there. And they were they wanted me, so just felt like the right thing to do. So committed there, and uh, we already knew that I was gonna go to the USHL draft. Yeah, and they liked that move too. That me going to USHL was a great move for my development, and then. Uh, furthermore than going to the college and then you had to go through the ncaa clearinghouse and did you have to do like the toefl test and that kind of stuff too or is that you haven't done that yet no i haven't done that yet okay thinking back when i had to do it a long time ago um but uh how much was academics talked about at that time not that much uh they just asked like what's my uh, like I said I have like a average C B. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, they wanted to make sure that you're that, that you're serious about going to college and no dummy. Yeah, of course. Of yeah. Course. But now you're not going to school at this point, right? No. Just hockey so, this year. So it's just hockey. And what about last year or after Swedish uh, gymnasium? So you haven't taken any classes before that? No. So it's going to be a little bit of a transition to be going back to school again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But uh, 
but, but all right, talk about this kind of last here. And that's what's, what's the mindset then for playing in the BCHL when you know, I mean, lots can happen if you got injured. I mean, there's no guarantee they could pull your scholarship and be like, yeah, um, we intended for you to go here, but now you're injured. So, you know, it's not a guarantee guarantee, but yeah, no, it's not a guarantee, but after you've signed the NLI, yep. you're, you're, uh, you know that you can get the scholarship. So that's explain NLI. So the national letter of intent, right? Yeah. So that is, uh, and, and is that binding just like in the drafts and so on? So no one else could offer you because you've already signed your national letter of intent. I think it is. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're allowed to contact you like other schools. Yeah. You sure. could decommit and in, and commit somewhere else, but they can't. There's, they can't decommit you. The only thing they can do is tell you that you're not going to get any playing time if you go in. Yeah. And then yeah, you, you then you will probably decommit by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you could all when you sign down a lot, you can always go to the school and uh, get the scholarship if you have that. Yeah. So how how much time have you spent in Omaha in Nebraska? I mean, did did have you been over there a lot because you were in in the U.S.? Yeah. I mean, uh, when I played for Omaha Lancers in the USHL. Yeah. Same city. Yeah. So uh, went to the college like two times. And basically, yeah. probably. What was the big? So, what was your impression in terms of was that impressive? Even though you played at the highest level in Sweden and played at the highest junior levels in in the U.S., what was your impression of what's it like to be a college athlete? I mean, Omar's facility is insane. It's just it's top notch. I would, I mean, Malmö is known for having like the best facility in SHL. And I would say uh, I would almost want to give uh, Nebraska Omaha, like university, the overhander. That yeah. It was a bit, it was a bit better. So you come in and the locker room, I mean, they don't, they're not ashamed of spending money for in their, in their locker rooms. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> no it's uh yeah, the locker room is top notch, and uh, they have two rinks: one small rink for practice and stuff, if they want to use that, and they have a big rink with like eight thousand seats or something. That's crazy. I think I think also they're like uh, fifth in like the total attendance average in the college. Yeah. Like, I think they average like five point five thousand each game. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah for college hockey i mean it's it's what i think people should i was when i was talking to gabbe he was he went to visit i think it was quinnipiac uh on when he was 15 and that kind of gave him the inspiration of this is what i want to do um and it's a great breeding ground or you know the, the ability as you kind of say and physically you can go there continue to work play at an incredibly high level and then go pro versus how do you compare that to going early and fight at the Hokietan or, or Al Svenskan and, you know. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's a harder, definitely harder to take the steps. Like it's so hard to get stuck in Hokietan. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can you can be like the best guy in the team and be playing for a good team and you'll still not make Allsvenska team. Yeah. So it's a very it's very hard to make from Etan to Allsvenska. And the same thing with making it from Allsvenska to SHL. Yeah. And then from SHL to NHL or if you want to go AHL and NHL. So it's like it's it's a lot of steps you have to take. Yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. So, what's your uh uh? All right, since you're, I mean, it's not that far removed. You're what twenty? Tw are you twenty? You're nineteen. You're, you're nineteen. So, I normally ask this question to every guest, and that's you know, you met yourself at seventeen. Maybe we should tell you when you met yourself at sixteen here. But what would you? What advice would you? You've experienced a lot here in the last three years. Uh, 
what advice would would you uh, would you give yourself that you wish you knew back then that you know now? Mm-hmm. Probably like uh, make every day count, and uh, never uh, like don't care what other people think. Yeah, just not very, not like, very, do... that's not very Swedish. No. Yeah, probably just like make everything count and like uh, always be confident and like take uh, like make sure to be present. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Last question here. And that's we've got a partnership with Target Aid, uh, which we're helping. You know, Target Aid is helping different youth organizations with fundraising. We've got a platform on there. Uh, and one of the questions that we we kind of highlight here, and that's they have an initiative or or um, called Club Benimitiata, the the team in my heart. So, if you're gonna say this is the club in my heart, um, which one would that be? Uh, I gotta say, Arbro. Arbro, I love yeah. it. I love it. You do. We do have to do talk about Lexan connection. You do have. Uh, he had Betty that is there now in Örebro. Uh, we had Niklas Eriksson for many years, and uh, you know, Leksand is the the breeding ground uh, of 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 success in Sweden. I had to throw that in there too, but uh, <laughs> no, it's good. It's good, Örebro. So we're, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight that under the Swedish Junior Hockey Podcast uh, Target Aid um, section, and we'll help Örebro. Uh, uh, with some content there and and highlight that that is the club in your heart, which is awesome. So, Marcus, thanks for coming on. It's been educational talking about BCHL. Not a lot of people play there, and uh, and and good luck in in this year. And uh, we'll we'll bookmark you here in my uh, elite prospects file, and we'll keep an eye on you uh, as we get further in the season and uh, and then into next year in college. Perfect. Thank you for having me. It's been great.